Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. We're back with a new episode and we have another interview to share with you. But before we jump to that, I wanted to make sure that you're aware that we'll be holding Learning Technology Design uh, May 18th and 19th in Arlington, Virginia. LTD, as we're calling it for short, is a learning experience designed specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education and professional development. And the goal of the event is really to help attendees find new and better ways to engage learners and to create lasting impact through the effective use of technology. So if you want to make sure that your organization is not getting left behind, and more importantly, if you want to connect with a peer community that can support you as you move forward, this is the event for you, and you can find out more about that at ltd.leadinglearning.com. I also want to be sure to thank YM Learning, formerly Digital Ignite, for sponsoring Learning Technology Design. If you want to find out more about YM Learning and their services and products, you can go to www.digitalignite.com. Now, Jeff, I know for this episode, you had the chance to speak with Jay Donahue. I did. Uh, Jay is the president and CEO of the International Association of Administrative Professionals, or IAAP, and we had the good fortune to connect with Jay initially because he was an attendee at the Leading Learning Symposium, and uh, I was very impressed with his overall perspective on learning, and and of course, as as part of the Leading Learning uh, podcast, we've been trying to connect with leaders of trade and professional associations and get their perspective on learning. So we spent some time talking about his coming into IAAP. He's only been there a few years. Um, He's really spent some time trying to bolster the certification program, and then uh, along with that, really looking at education and what can they do uh, with their education and learning to increase quality, and also, you know, how do they start going in international uh, at, a, at a bigger scale with it, because they've got that I, that international uh, in their acronym, obviously. And then we also talked about just, you know, his perspective on how association leadership potentially needs to be thinking a, a little bit differently. And, you know, he is one of those people who believes that you really need to be thinking beyond just the traditional concept of, of members, really thinking about your broader stakeholder base uh, and, the, and the customers uh, that you could be serving. So to you know, have that as your perspective as you're leading the organization. So Jay's a very, very smart guy um, and it was just uh, you know, a, a great conversation. Well, great, that sounds like it will make for a good listen. So let's hop on over to the interview. This is Jeff Cobb, and I am joined today by Jay Donahue, and Jay is the President and CEO of the International Association of Administrative Professionals, or I. 
AAP to shorten that down a little bit. And uh, Jay, welcome to the Leading Learning Podcast. Thank you very much, Jeff. Glad to be a part of uh, your programming. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to, to talk some. Um, you know, you and I had a chance to meet back at the Leading Learning Symposium in the fall, and I know that uh, learning and education are very important to what you're doing there at IAAP. But um, before we dive into that, um, tell us just a little bit about who IAAP is, you know, who you serve, what you do for them, that sort of thing. Certainly. A, a lot of people don't know the name of our organization, and it, it's a mouthful, but we were founded originally in 1942 as a National Secretaries Association, and we became the Professional Secretaries International Organization and then changed our name uh, to uh, include the administrative profession uh, in the late uh, 1990s. Um, and, and that's a challenge when an organization has changed their name several times over the course of their history. Um, and oftentimes I'm finding that I still have to refer back to we were the secretary's organization, but today's member is clearly not a secretary. Mm. Uh, we like to think of our members uh, as being a partner to their boss, um, someone that has um, continued their lifelong learning by making sure they have the skills and the competencies to really be that partner uh, for their boss. We have, uh, Jeff, uh, a little over 10,000 members. Uh, we are uh, a global organization, but our footprint primarily is in North America, uh, where we have an organizational structure that includes uh, branches in, in Canada and in the United States and in some of the U U.S. territories uh, close by. Um, we are uh, wanting to, uh, as we ourselves are, are restructuring our organization, we're wanting to make sure that what we're doing serves our primary market here in North America. But we, we are the largest organization in the, in the world to specifically um, work for those working in office and administrative support uh, positions. Mm. And, and I definitely want to get into uh, some of that global perspective, some because I know that's top of mind for you. Um, I mean, maybe as, as a path to getting there, I, I know, uh, and you've already mentioned, you know, the word learning a, a number of times. Obviously, this is a podcast about uh, learning and, and leadership. Um, and you say that, you know, it's part of your core purpose to, to help uh, your members and the others you serve learn. So what, what's your vision for how IAP, IAP can most effectively support learning? And, and you know, has that, has that vision evolved since you've been there? Uh, I would say that it has. Um, I've been here now four years, and um, when I came on board, um, the organization was, was in the process of losing members, mm. primarily because it was an aging membership, uh, and our attendance numbers were going down at our various conferences. And in my uh, observation and, and my opportunity to understand the culture, which you know is usually a six-month process, it was clear to me that the educational programming was not top-notch and that we were also not providing the, the needed skills, which were obviously heavy in, in technology. And uh, I, I came to learn that we actually did not have anybody uh, in the profession, members in the profession that were helping us with uh, our educational programming or hmm. identify the, the topics or the curriculum. But I come from a, a long history in this profession and every organization I've ever been affiliated with, their foundation, their backbone is, is in uh, lifelong learning. 
and I know myself, I've always been an advocate for that and have always taken upon myself to take advantage of my professional organization and the education that's uh, provided through them. Um, so over the course of my first year and a half, we uh, I was very fortunate to have the support of our elected leadership. We um, created a strategic plan, a, a roadmap for this organization that really had not existed for, for many, many years. And key to that was uh, realizing that the niche we had in the market was the education that we could provide. We, we, we were the only organization that was offering a certification in the profession, um, uh, yet very surprisingly, we didn't have, have any control over the study materials for one to uh, use in preparation for taking the certification. Huh, interesting. Yeah, so we've worked really hard over these last four years to give ourselves a, a very um, proud uh, menu, if you will, of um, online, on-demand, and live um, educational programming. And uh, we believe by doing that that that's going to be the future for this organization, whether it's members or, or more customers. We have the product now. We now have the materials to to purchase and use to study for the certification exam. We have a very robust on-demand uh, library of web webinars. Our conferences now are being recognized by the industry as the best face-to-face -face conferences for um, the professional. And we have uh, an organized process now where we use members to help us identify and use members and their bosses to help us identify what are the skills down the road that are necessary now to start teaching uh, so our people will always be uh, a step ahead of, of their colleagues. There's 4.3 million uh, admin positions in North America. Wow. So when I said earlier we only have 10,000 members, think about how large that audience is. You've got some good potential for growth, it sounds like. <laughs> well, we do. And, and I, I think many organizations are finding uh, many after the Great Recession, that our traditional model of running an association where you were reliant on your members being your customers is probably not the way the future is going to work. Hmm. There's so much competition, as we all know, uh, in the for-profit sector, but also in, in other organizations, other nonprofits, that relying solely on members who are voluntarily uh, paying a, a dues is not uh, necessarily going to be your strongest revenue stream, but if you can convince the market and then let the market know that you have the educational uh, product that is, that is wanted and needed, I think that's where your future is going to be. You know, a little side story, Jeff, if, if I were a, a C-suite uh, boss today seeking uh, an administrative assistant, an, an executive admin, however you want to call it. There's probably 32 different titles in our membership of what they, what they call themselves. But I would be looking for a college graduate that would be able to sit with me at the table when we're discussing budgeting, when we're discussing strategic planning, mm -hmm. when we're dis discussing marketing concepts. Uh, uh, all sorts of uh, topics that 
a, a C-suite person would be dealing with and being able to task or delegate to my executive admin specific projects and let them run with it. And so our education now is focused on that type of individual getting the skills that they didn't necessarily get as refined in school, but they have a, an understanding and allow them to get more education to truly be that six-figure earning admin sitting as their partner to their boss. And we have members that are like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I can imagine. So it's become a just a much more sophisticated uh, position uh, over time. I mean, you have to know so much more uh, about the field you're working in, about the technology you're using. I mean, you know, all of these things that I'm sure you address and how you're offering out education and, and learning to your audience. Now, I mean, it sounds like You've got some tremendous opportunity. Obviously, you talked about how big uh, the prospective audience is out there. Um, you've got the potential to expand beyond North America to, to you know really be that international organization. What what are the challenges? I mean, what what kinds of things keep you up at night? What are your your pain points as you, as you're trying to do all of this? Well, I think you know the pain points at first were were to make sure that we have the quality and consistency of educational programming that we now do have. Mm. And, and now what keeps me up uh, is, is a lack of awareness. Um, it, and, and I can't pinpoint it to one specific thing or another, but there are so many non-members that are in the profession that don't know about us. Mm. And we have a, a, there's a for-profit organization that runs a convention, an annual convention that's very similar to ours, but it doesn't have the quality of networking and connections and the things that really, you know, are, are the foundation of associations, you know, where like-minded people come together to learn and, and connect. Um, so if we could only get our name out there, uh, and it, it helps when you have large memberships, and, and 10,000 is not large enough. But if we could grow in our membership numbers, but grow in awareness, um, I think that that's, that's going to be a, a key point to our future success. I'm real excited that we have just recently uh, revamped our entire certification program. Mm. And we have, as I mentioned earlier, we now have the Bible, if you will. We have the study guide uh, that actually supports the exam itself. Um, We know the next generation uh, all are interested in obtaining certifications or certificates. They're, you know, digital badges, uh, stackable credentials, Mm -hmm. you know, they want letters after their name, and we are the only organization, and we, we remain the only organization in the global uh, environment to have that certification. And now that we, re- we have revamped it, it's my hope that we'll be able to uh, gain the uh, prestige and awareness through our certification. I'm real excited that our, our new body of knowledge, which supports the uh, certification, is being uh, used and becoming more known in the community college environment. Interesting. Uh, we have our uh, program, our body of knowledge, is now in the hands of some academia that are developing their curriculums for their two-year degrees uh, such that perhaps in the near future when you graduate with an associate's degree, you also 
are simultaneously taking some sort of a a pre certification mm -hmm. exam for 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 ours. Um, but that gives you that much more ability to get your foot in the door for that first opportunity. And, and how, how actively are you cultivating those kinds of um, academic channels? I mean, do you, do you have somebody that's going out and talking to community colleges? Are you doing that? You know, how is that, how is that sort of thing coming together? Well, we, we do have a staff person uh, on my team that is responsible for certification, and that's a lot of her focus is to develop those relationships in academia. Um, she has formed a focus group uh, that met uh, a couple months ago for a day to talk about how the body of knowledge that we have um, developed and, and published, um, how does that work within their curriculum? And we found that it uh, is very much accepted, very much wanted, very much needed by the, the teachers. Um, we actually even have some of the professors purchasing our study guide and using that as a textbook, even though it was not created to be a textbook. But that's going to be a full-time effort, and mm -hmm. our thought is, you know, it might take a couple of years, but once the Association of Community Colleges kind of embraces and endorses our body of knowledge, then you have people out there in the workforce mm -hmm. that see that there is actually a certification that is available, and the hiring people right. uh, are going to be asking for that when they're looking at people's credentials. Are, are they certified as an office administrative support person? And there'll be an awareness, oh yes, there is an organization that does provide that certification. And no different than in my profession, the CAE is sometimes used as the mm -hmm. deciding factor of whether I get looked at for another opportunity job-wise or not. Mm -hmm. We hope that the CAP, the Certified Administrative Professional, will carry that same kind of, of weight. And and our studies already show us that those that have obtained their CAP uh, earn higher wages both in the United States and in Canada. So we get the yeah. we get the workforce to recognize it. Um, I think that uh, we'll see very sunny days for uh, this this organization going forward. Yeah, that's great. You create that kind of. Uh pull through demand that uh, I know a lot of organizations are, are striving for through their their certifications. Now, you also, you, you've already mentioned earlier, you do quite a bit with um, uh, online uh, education. And in fact, you've, you've done a good job, in my opinion, um, branding, you know, those online education initiatives as uh, Learn at IAAP. Um, where does, where do you see uh, that uh, going in the future? I mean, do you see the, the online as a, as a big growth area for you? Are there ways you're looking to, you know, expand that, innovate, uh, do new things there? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I don't think we'll ever have enough product on the shelves. Um, you know, we'd, we'd like to have the financial resources where we could capture programming at our live conferences. We're not there yet, but, you know, many organizations mm -hmm. do that. Um, I, I, I do see us creating um, some tiers in our certification program. Uh, we are definitely going to be looking at um, some certificates for those individuals that maybe are interested in getting more skills in accounting or more skills being recognized that they have earned in medical records or it might be in um, strategic planning. I, you know, so I, I definitely see what we've learned from our involvement with your organization and there's plenty of opportunity for us to, to continue to build 
that that online platform of, of programming. We we're currently about to um, uh, migrate over to our second LMS, and we're real excited about that. We finally have a product that will enable us to be the repository for individuals' continuing education credits and uh, be able to have them housed here. And if they're a member, uh, obviously be a complimentary service. If not, you know, we will provide it to others. But here's a great way so for someone that's getting ready for their annual performance review mm-hmm. to push a button and get a printout of all the CEUs that they've done the previous year or if it's time for recertification, and in our case that's every five years, to be able to print out their report showing that they've accumulated enough of the recertification points necessary to, to get recertified. Right, right. So you really become the, the hub for their lifelong learning. I mean, they're getting the certification from you. They're maintaining it through you. They've got their records with you. They're you know interfacing with their employer really through information you're providing. So you're really, uh, I guess, you know, locking people in in, in a positive way. Um, well, that's our vision. That's our hope. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I'm. I would love to see us be three times the size in terms of of members, but um, you know, I like so many other organizations. Jeff, we're all challenged by how to connect with the new generations in the workforce. Mm. And like any organization like us, that's been around for nearly seventy five years. Our membership population is aging. And we're not doing an effective job of replacing those that are retiring uh, and therefore no longer continue their membership. We haven't made that connection yet. Mm-hmm. Once somebody in my profession identifies that magic pill, then you, they're going to be a very wealthy person because that's, that's, that's my second thing that keeps me up at night is how do we convince those people that they should invest in their profession by investing in this organization which is the one that represents their profession. Right, right. And I guess kind of related to that, um, and, and I'll preface by saying this can be a, a really kind of difficult question to, to answer, but in, in your mind, I mean, how do you draw the connection between what you're doing with certification, with your just broad learning efforts in general, and the overall impact that you're having on the profession. I mean, do you feel like you can concretely say that, and I know you've only been there for four years, but, uh, you know, that, that yes, we have raised the bar in our profession um, because of what we are doing with our, with our learning efforts. Well, on a personal um, side, I would say yes. I mean, that's what we've all been striving for. That's, we've been very fortunate to have a very supportive elected leadership um, the, you know, when we ask for uh, their support to grow our uh, online learning, they're, they're very supportive. When we've uh, asked for their support to uh, give our website the, the user-friendly, navigable site that one needs to be able to interface with the LMS, they've been supportive of that. Uh, have we been recognized as setting the bar? Um, I. I venture to say probably not, Mm. Um, but what we continue to hear from those that are either in demand because they speak to our profession or are truly lifelong learners and seek out every opportunity that they they can, our programming is superior to what they see out in the marketplace. But what um, what really we have in our possession that they don't 
see or feel at these other conferences is the ability to connect. Mm. That that ability to learn with someone, to be able to keep in contact with that someone, to have that someone find their next opportunity in times of change. Um, that that is why they continue to come to us, and that's a uh, an asset that we haven't done an effective job yet on qualifying that in in our recruitment messages in our overall messaging right right now i think that's a a challenge for for so many organizations um and i know to start to wrap up here i'm gonna ask you one kind of much broader question and then and then narrow down to your own um lifelong learning uh practices but um broadly speaking i know you know you're you're not just the executive of IAAP, you are an association executive. You, you're part of the American Society of Association Executives. You've got your certified association executive, you know, CAE credential. Um, so when, when you look out at associations broadly and, and your peers and uh, just, you know, association leadership now, um, do you see ways that you feel like when, when it comes to the question, you know, specifically of learning and, and supporting learning and education and that sort of thing, are there ways that associations and association leaders need to be acting differently at this point, um, in your opinion? I would say I would make an, uh, a reference back to an earlier comment. Mm. I think the business model for associations in the future is going to be one that's much less reliant on membership income mm-hmm. and much more reliant on customer revenues. And those customers are anybody out there that would seek your programs and products. And so if your programs and products are superior and are cost uh, priced, cost and price competitively, I think you'll have a, a, a good chance of continuing to, to be the association that you, you want to be in the, in the nonprofit world. Well, I, I said competition. I mean, there's so much of it, but we've been able to, because we're an association and we don't rely entirely on the revenues from our programs and products because we do have dues income, we have been able to keep our programs um, less costly than most of our competitors. Um, now, that sometimes is a double-edged sword because sometimes, you, you know, people will say you pay for what you get, what you pay for. Right. Therefore, if our pricing is lower in the market, but you know, we also have to be sensitive to those people that are our members and who don't have company support or paying out of their own pocket, and you know, they come first because they are the ones that have been with us and stuck with us. And um, so, but I, I don't think there's any reluctance on the part of our members to share what we have. They're very proud of this organization. They're very proud of the quality of and consistency of our education. So if if we can make that switch in our business model to seeing a lot more customer revenues, uh, I don't see any reluctance uh, from our current leadership to, to, to do that. Well, great. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, thinking outside of the, the traditional member base is, is going to be essential going forward. Just to um, to wrap up, I said, you know, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your own uh, lifelong learning habits. That's something we like to ask everybody who, who comes on to the podcast. I mean, what are some of the, the most essential things you do to, you know, stay up to speed, make sure you've got the skills and knowledge that, that you need to, to keep playing the role you're playing? 
Well, I, I read a lot. Um, I, I interact with my colleagues in the, the market that we're in. We are headquartered in Kansas City, Missouri. And although there are not a lot of associations here, there's a good couple dozen. And I meet with my peer group at least once a month to talk about the issues that are our challenges and to share our best practices. Uh, I'm a, a very involved individual with the local um, affiliate of the American Society of Association Executives. That's the Kansas City Society of Association Executives. Uh, I have my certified meeting professional uh, certification as well, and I am active in the Professional Convention Management Association because I believe, and I was taught many, many years ago, that meetings could be upwards of 40 to 50 percent of your organization's revenues. The senior staff person better understand mm. the nuances of what's taking place with face-to-face -face and online meetings, so that's why I've maintained my my education and commitment to lifelong learning with really that association as well as ASAE. And I got my CAE a long, long time ago, Jeff, back when uh, they were using blue books. <laughs> it wasn't a multiple choice, but I have recertified every three years since the early 90s, and I've had my uh, CMP since the mid-90s and have recertified that uh, all the way to date, too. So. I, I walk the talk, and I encourage my staff colleagues to, to, to do so as well, and, and we support their interests in uh, maintaining uh, their competencies by their involvement in their uh, respective uh, associations. Well, great. Well, that's uh, heartening and encouraging to hear. Um, but just to wrap up here, it's been a, a pleasure talking with you. Always is. Um, can you let folks who are listening know where to find IAAP? And and to the extent you're open to it, if there's a good way to you know connect with you, whether it's social media or, or whatever, if you know folks have questions and want to follow up with you. Well, I think the best way is to go to our website, which is www.iaap-hq. Dot org, and that's HQ as an abbreviation for headquarters, so IAAP-HQ.org, and you can reach the contact uh, area where uh, myself and my staff colleagues are all accessible to anyone. Uh, and then we can migrate from there to whatever someone's preference is as far as social media. Well, great. Well, Jay, thanks so much for, for taking the time to talk today. Jeff, enjoyed it. Thank you, and best for you and your organization as well. That wraps up our interview with Jay Donahue. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 21. While you're there, you'll see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you are getting value out of the podcast, we would be truly grateful if you would take just a few seconds to subscribe. We'd also be grateful if you'd take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. To do that, you can just go to leadinglearning.com forward slash iTunes, and we'd really appreciate it. It makes a world of difference to help others find the podcast. Also, consider just telling other people about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. That will auto-populate uh, text you can use for a tweet. Or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can uh, pick your social network of, of preference and spread the word that way. Also wanted to just mention again that we will be holding Learning Technology Design, LTD for short, uh, May 18th and 19th in Arlington, Virginia. You can find out more at LTD 
ltd.leadinglearning.com. And I also wanted to thank, again, YM Learning, formerly Digital Ignite, for sponsoring LTD. And you can find out more about them and their products and their services at www.digitalignite.com. So that's it for yet another episode. Thanks again, and we will see you the next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.